If you have your Bibles, please remain standing for the reading of God's Word. And turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. This is a long passage, so if you need to sit, go ahead and sit. But if you're able, uh, please stand. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cornelius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen has been told them. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Praise God for his holy word. Please be seated. It is not just today, but every day for God's people should be an absolute celebration. The Lord has awoken his children from their spiritual death and adopted them to himself. By God's grace, we know him and we can gather together this morning and we can worship him. And as his children, it is good and right for us to celebrate the coming of our Savior, Christ the Lord. And this birth of Christ, it was no normal birth. Luke 1, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. What a wonderful promise. A child was coming from that of a virgin and by way of the power of the Holy Spirit. In today's text, we see this promise fulfilled. 
A baby was born whose name was Jesus, the promised Messiah, the one who would satisfy the wrath of God on the cross and wash away the sins of his children. They once and for all sacrifice the Messiah is Christ the Lord. Christ is the one who saves sinners. He is the one who makes a person in right standing with God the Father. He is the source of those who are the pure in heart. It is because of the work of Christ, His perfect life, His perfect obedience, His death, His resurrection, His ascension, His authority, who He is, the Son of God, the Messiah, Christ the Lord, that we as sinners can be saved. Luke wrote this gospel to provide an orderly account of the life of Jesus based on Luke 1, verses 1 through 4. And in this account, Luke focuses upon the history of salvation coming to this earth. Point number one is this, the incarnation of Jesus. The incarnation of Jesus. Look with me at verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cornelius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who with child. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So David and Mary were in Bethlehem so that they could register for taxation, and the time had come for Mary to give birth to the promised child, a promise made by an angel. And Mary gave birth to the child who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So the Son of God left the glories of heaven, humbled himself by coming to earth, his fallen creation, and putting on flesh. So often we can overlook this, what seems to be an unimaginable, unfathomable truth. That the Son of God would leave the glories of heaven and come here. Because the only thing I want to do is leave here and go to the glories of heaven. The incarnation coming in the flesh. This is not a subtraction. This is an addition. God put on flesh. The Son of God came to his creation. The King came to his people. So often we can pass over this joyful truth without meditation. The King has come. And the King is coming again. We can drive through neighborhoods and we can see the nativity scenes, some of them accurate, some of them extremely wrong, and we can ponder things in our hearts and we can fail to give praise to God that Christ the Lord has come, that salvation has come, that the God who has always been put on flesh leaving heaven and he lived among men. We find these words in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, 
And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. These verses can also be read this way. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus, and without Jesus was not anything made that was made. In Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the one who was with God and is God, the one through whom all things were made, the one who is life and light is Jesus Christ, the Lord. The Lord, the divine, has come to this earth. John goes on in John 1 verse 10, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we will have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth comes through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So God came to earth, and those who believe in his name will become children of God. God himself dwelt among men. His glory dwelt among men. Jesus, full of grace and full of truth, he dwelt among men. This is good news, and this truth changes everything. Because it's not just that Jesus came. Jesus fulfilled every single promise that was foretold. That Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth and he put on flesh. Hebrews 2, 14-18, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has power over death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. You see, the coming of Christ is also the promise leading down the path to God's children being released from the slavery of sin. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. When Jesus came, atonement came. A merciful and faithful high priest came to this earth. We do not just celebrate a life that was well lived. We celebrate that the Son of God is alive and well today. He is on his throne. He has all power and all authority. And everything that happens is because the Lord is causing it to happen. We celebrate Christ the Lord who is reigning over his creation, who is interceding for us. We celebrate that we have a faithful high priest who sits in the heavens 
And all power and all authority is His. And He has not only saved His people from their sins, He's going to bring all of His people home. Philippians 2, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Imagine the King of kings and Lord of lords leaving the glories of heaven and you find the words in the scriptures, he made himself nothing to save sinners. We celebrate the truth that Christ the Lord has come to this earth. We celebrate his perfect life. We celebrate his his death. We celebrate his resurrection. We celebrate his ascension. We celebrate his authority and we eagerly wait and we pray for his return. Colossians 1, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. All of creation, whether they know it or not, are waiting for the return of Christ. And when he arrives, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I ask you, in your waiting, do you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ right now? Because the blood of Christ is mankind's only hope. No one outside of Christ will be presented as holy and blameless. No one outside of Christ will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Outside of Christ, you will only hear the words, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. These words that we find in Luke were put here so that we would understand beyond a shadow of a doubt of all the promises in the Old Testament about Messiah coming that Christ has come that we have the incarnation of Jesus 
Looking back at our main text in verse 8, we find point number two, news of great joy. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. Before I keep reading, it's it's important that we stop and we pause and we understand there are so many things in this world which people have said the glory of the Lord has shown up. And yet in Scripture, when we find the glory of the Lord showing up, we find nothing but fear from those who have been made by him. These shepherds are out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the Lord appears to them and they are full of fear. And the first words out of the angel's mouth said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He's not just Christ. He is the divine. He is the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swallowing clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So these shepherds, they are fearful. An angel shows up, explains what's What's going on? This is good news. And then as this announcement has been made, and the shepherds have heard this, there is a multitude of heavenly hosts among them. Saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Talk about something that you would never forget the rest of your life. That the Son of God had come to earth And this was not the earthly kings who were being informed, but the shepherds out in the field tending their flocks. The lowest class was informed about the birth of Messiah. The ones who were despised and rejected by the majority. The ones whom no one wanted to do their job. And we find in the scriptures that the Lord's plan included many shepherds. Moses himself tended sheep. David and Amos were shepherds. And in this passage, God sent an angel to announce the birth of the Messiah to shepherds. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. Suddenly, as they are watching their flock by night, and those of you who are young, just be reminded, there was no electricity, there was no lamps around. The darkness of the field and the glory of God looking above at what he had made. And at the coming of the angel, the shepherds were terrified. The glory of the Lord shone around them. The very thing that Moses asked for, seeing the glory of the Lord, was shown to these lowly men in the field. And the result was these shepherds were filled with fear. And the angel speaks, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Fear not. The proclamation was that of the gospel. This news was and remains the greatest news in all the world. This proclamation was for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
In other words, they just got told, Genesis 3.15, that's happening right now. He's coming. He has arrived. The arrival of the Savior, the one who saves from sin and death, Christ the Lord was born in the city of David. Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. The prophet, the priest, the king, the Lord, the divine. The child born to the virgin, it was... was God. God had come. God had put on flesh. Bethlehem was called the city of David because it was of the hometown of David. It was also where Samuel the prophet anointed David as king over Israel. And now we have the arrival of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. These words, for unto you is born this day in the city of David as Savior, who is Christ the Lord, were words of good news. Christ the Lord was born in Bethlehem. Out of all the towns, this one. In fact, it wasn't much of a town, and it was typically overshadowed by that of Jerusalem. It was known for being laid open to the wilderness. It wasn't a desirable place to go. And this was the backdrop of where the divine was born. But yet, prophecy was fulfilled. Micah 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. The Messiah had arrived, the Lord had come, and this will be a sign for you. You shall find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The more and more you read about the coming of Christ, the more and more we are all reminded that God does not do things according to our ways. He operates according to his sovereign and providential hand, and we as his people are to live according to his commands and accept what he does to the praise of his glory. These humble shepherds were surrounded by the glory of God and an angel from heaven. They were told of a Savior that had been born in Bethlehem, and they were also told how to find that Savior. You will find a baby wrapped in swallowing clothes and lying in a manger. So not only was the Savior of the world born in Bethlehem, but he was born in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. The Savior was not surrounded by great splendor, but was swallowing clothes, strips of cloth, when the news was delivered by an angel, as soon as the angel was done speaking, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You see, without a relationship with Christ, without repenting of your sin and trusting in Christ alone for your salvation, God is not pleased with you. Peace was born, and peace has come, and peace will come again. But without Christ, you are not at peace with the Lord. The heavenly host was announcing peace. I assure you, it was not a silent night out in that field. There were shepherds filled with fear, surrounded by the glory of God, and the heavenly host praising God. This angelic multitude was praising God for the Savior had come. Peace for mankind had arrived. Being born in Bethlehem, being laid in a feeding trough for animals, this news is still being shared today. These words are still news of great joy all around the world. 
Yes, we tell people that they are sinners in need of a Savior. Yes, we proclaim the bad news, but we don't stop there. We share the good news. We proclaim that there is freedom from sin. There is one way to be found in right standing with God. Call on Christ the Lord. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Trust in the saving work of Christ, that God is only pleased with those who have trusted in Christ. This news of great joy, this news of Christ, is this peace in your soul? Have you been dwelling on this good news? Have you been sharing this news of great joy with others? Going to our main text, verse 15, this is point number three, the response of the shepherds. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I love thinking into these words right here. You're doing your job, you're watching your sheep by night, you're doing something that nobody else wants to do. All of a sudden, then they're filled with great fear, and they're told where the Savior has been born. You don't see any delay in these men. You don't see them concerned about the sheep. They're concerned about the Savior. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as had been told them. When the angels departed, the shepherds left the field. They went to Bethlehem in search of the Lord. Because of what had been made known to them, they left with great haste. These shepherds were surrounded with the glory of God. They saw the heavenly host. They believed the words that they heard, and they responded. They found Christ the Lord lying in a manger, and they shared what had happened to them in the field. I would have loved to have been to fly on the wall at that point. See, how do they utter what just happened to them? You're, you're not going to believe this. You can't, you don't understand. Like, I'm still shaking. I'm still filled with fear. They arrived. They found the Lord lying in a manger just as they had been told by the angel. This is how you will find him. They found him. And when Mary heard their story, she treasured up what was said. She dwelled upon the words that the shepherd shared in her heart. Her mind went beyond the birth of a, of a baby. Her mind was dwelling upon the truth that redemption had come. That Christ the Lord had arrived and Mary responded with worship just as the shepherds did. Verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Yes, the Messiah came humbly putting on flesh and born in a place and told to a group of people in which you would not have think that the child would have been told. But what do we find when the child arrives? Worship occurs. The shepherds return to the field doing exactly what the angels did. 
before them. They glorified and praised God for all that they had seen and heard. And the words as it had been told them declares that their praise was based upon the sovereignty of God. That whatever happens in this life, whatever is happening in your life at the moment, that Christ is ruling, we can trust him and we are to worship him. Jesus came at the perfect time in history and accomplished the perfect will of the Father. In the words of J.C. Ryle, never let us forget that through this humiliation, Jesus has purchased for us a title of glory. That the birth of Christ is not all that there is, that he never sinned, that they could find no fault in him. He fulfilled promise after promise after promise. John the Baptist prepared the way. He said he was God. He proved to be God. He talked about his death, his burial, and resurrection three times. And on the third day, he was raised. Many people saw him. For 40 days, he lived among his people. He talked with them. He, he walked with them. He appeared. He disappeared. Then he gave the great commission, and then he ascended into heaven, sitting at the right hand of God the Father with all power and all authority. And all these promises, there is still another promise that will be fulfilled, that Christ will come again. We can trust our sovereign Lord who is ruling over all things. The response of Mary and the response of the shepherds the response of the angels and salvation coming to earth, that should be our response. We should be praising the Lord and living for his glory. That we are to delight in the gospel, that we are to cherish the gospel. We're to respond with praise to the glory of God. This historical event of the coming of Christ, it is meant for all people. That the gospel is for every tribe and tongue and language and people. That the story of Christ the Lord is a story of good news and great joy that saves sinners. There is nothing that Christ has promised that will not be fulfilled. Are you at peace with God? Or do you still need salvation? Because Christ will return. He will return. Every knee will bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Christ will return. He will not return to save. He will return to judge. We're all sinners in need of forgiveness. Call on Christ the Lord and be saved. See, calling on Christ, you are not calling on a man. In calling on Christ, you are calling on one who is fully God and fully man. You are calling on the Messiah and you're calling on him as Lord or you're not calling on him at all. We are all sinners in need of forgiveness. When Jesus began his earthly ministry, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn from your sins and turn towards Christ. And if you are saved this morning, praise God. You have the greatest gift that could ever be given. And it was given to you by the divine. Praise him. Praise the Lord for the gift of salvation. Praise him by keeping his commands. Praise him by talking of the good news that has impacted your life for all of eternity. Because Christ is coming again. My prayer for you and for me is 
we would dwell upon these words in which we understand the divine has come and there is salvation found in the blood of Jesus Christ, that we would talk of this, think of this, meditate upon this, and share this with those that we are around. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your holy word. Father, help us as your children to not accept and not to become content and satisfied in searching for the things of this world. Help us, Lord, understanding that there is there's great godliness with contempt with what we have in Christ. Help us to realize that we have every good and perfect gift from above that is found in Christ. That our Savior is absolutely more than enough beyond what we can think or imagine that Christ is everything. And Lord, for those who are here, for those who are listening who do not have a relationship with Christ. Maybe they know about Christ. Maybe, Lord, they have just heard sermon after sermon, but they've never repented of their sins and they never trusted in Christ. Lord, draw them to yourself. May this be the day of salvation for them. Lord, we ask this in the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen.